0: Hey everyone, welcome to Best True Crime Podcast, a division of Best True Crime Books, Games and Video, LLC. Every episode is a journey where I take you to explore crime, forensics and historical cases. Join me as I inform, educate and entertain true crime enthusiasts through criminal justice and dark history tours. My name is Judith A. Yates and I'm an award winning author, a criminologist and a paranormal explorer. Now, grab your crime scene kits, notebooks, and hats, and join me on this investigation. The date is 2021. The place is Nashville, Tennessee. Your mission is to learn how to teach our kids safety without creating fear using the case of a popular fencing coach. This is the case of Robert Periano. All suspects are considered innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. The information herein is according to records filed with the courts and information from online websites. Understand Periano does not represent coaches, music city fencing, or the sport of fencing. This is Part 2 of 2. Advance of the Fencing Coach. Keeping Children on Guard. First, let's recap Part 1. Coach Robert Periano was director at Music City Fencing in Nashville, Tennessee. The club received an Excellence Award from the United States Fencing Association, the national governing body for the sport of fencing in the U.S. Periano was a regional and statewide coordinator for the U.S. Fencing Association. According to their website, Music City Fencing Club has been recognized by the USA Fencing as the leader fencing club in the nation. In this case we're going to call our victim Jane Doe. According to an affidavit filed with the court, here's a brief summary. In 2019, Jane Doe was 13. She began writing an essay and asked Coach Piriano for help. Piriano told Jane he would help her in exchange for sexual photos of herself. In 2020, Piriano gave Jane Doe a cell phone to take sexual photos and video of herself in exchange for money and gifts. Coach Robert Piriano sent Jane Doe thousands of sexually inappropriate text messages, photos, and videos, including a video of himself receiving oral sex from a different girl. He claimed the girl was underage. He would text and Snapchat Jane Doe daily at random times. Jane Doe reported, he had me take pictures of my feet with this phone, asking for pairs of my socks. Robert Piriano was blackmailing Jane Doe financially and threatening her by saying he would share her photos and videos with other people. He began physically, mentally, and abusing her in class, including a permanent shoulder injury. In late 2020 and early 2021, Jane Doe became terrified she was going to be raped by her coach. Jane Doe texted coach Robert Piriano to tell him the relationship was over. And Jane Doe finally made the outcry to a therapist, leading to Robert Piriano's arrest. Piriano was indicted by a grand jury on 108 counts of alleged sexual crimes involving a minor. These are Class B felonies, which carry a minimum of eight years in prison. So now, that's our wrap-up of part one, and now this is part two. Students and staff were urged to come forward if they were the victims of former coach Robert Piriano. This is not an easy move for adults much less children. It takes a lot of mental and emotional strength to admit so much courage and a great support system so you can imagine what these kids were going through, how they felt, and again, this takes so much for a kid. Then it was announced publicly on June 23rd, 2022, a male student went to authorities and claimed that Periano inappropriately touched this male student during a private fencing lesson. At the time that the student was inappropriately touched, the student was 17 years old. At this time, Piriano is currently out on bail. He is wearing a ankle monitor awaiting trial, but now Metro Police arrests Piriano again on a new sexual battery charge. So back to jail, Robert Piriano goes. And as of August 2022, Piriano has been incarcerated in the Davidson County Jail in Nashville, Tennessee. Now, this brings us to the latest news as of October 2022. A civil suit has been filed in a Nashville federal court by Jane Doe and her parents. Remember Jane Doe is the girl that Periano insisted on and then threatened to send him all these nude pictures and videos and threatened her uh, threatened her financially and threatened her by saying that he was going to send these photos out. So now the family of Jane Doe and Jane Doe have filed a civil suit against Periano. Attorneys for Jane Doe and her family have requested the civil suit be placed on hold pending the outcome in Periano's criminal case. The civil suit is not just against former fencing coach Periano. It's also naming his training facility, Music City Fencing Club. It's also listing USA Fencing, the national governing body for the Olympic sport. Now, the allegations include that USA Fencing knew Aperiano's inappropriate behavior toward his young students, yet they failed to act before He sexually abused Jane Doe. Allegations include that USA fencing failed to prevent Periano's sexual abuse and grooming of Jane Doe. That Robert Periano's inappropriate behavior was not a secret. That's right, this is one of the bombshells. That Periano attended social gatherings with his underage fencers and that he provided them with alcohol. And it also alleges that fellow coaches, members of USA Fencing, had claimed that they heard Piriano joke about engaging in criminal sexual activities with young fencers. One unnamed coach was quoted in this lawsuit saying, if Piriano was serious about some of the things he said, he should spend the rest of his life in prison. Another allegation is Piriano distributed naked photos of Jane Doe online and sent them to a former fencing coach and a member of USA Fencing. So, allegedly, this girl's picture is now being shared with collectors of child porn all over the internet, and that is what these guys do. They swap and trade pictures all over the place. So, that is possible that Jane Doe's photo has been shared And another allegation is uh, flagrantly failing to enforce and violating safe sports and USA fencing's policies relating to sexual misconduct and abuse. Safe sport. Now let's talk about safe sport for a minute so everybody understands what that is. Under the Safe Sport Authorization Act, safe sport is required to, quote, develop training, oversight practices, policies, and procedures to prevent the abuse, including emotional, physical, and sexual abuse of amateur athletes participating in amateur athlete activities through national government bodies. USA Fencing conducts background checks on USA Fencing member coaches and requires them to undergo yearly training as part of its safe sport and minor athlete abuse prevention policy end quote. Now, this group conducts annual background checks and requires coaches to attend yearly training through the United States Center for Safe Sport, and that's an independent entity established by Congress in 2018 to provide training to Olympic sports organizations and investigate abuse allegations. USA Fencing consistently communicates how to report misconduct with its members. Now, according to the case filed against Piriano, Music City Fencing Club, and the U.S. Fencing Association, the rate at which sexual abuse was occurring in Olympic sports was so alarming that in 2017, Congress had to intervene to provide support to the national governing protecting youth victims from sexual abuse and safe sport. By 2019, reports had grown in numbers so that Safe Sports did not have the resources to investigate. In other words, there were so many reports of abuse that Safe Sports didn't even have enough people or or resources or time to investigate all of these allegations. So what they did is they went to Congress and Congress increased funding for Safe Sports to conduct the investigations. I reached out to a fencing coach who told me that coaches have to take that annual training through Safe Sports and it is online. So they take this online training and then there's a test afterwards that a coach must pass. So they're not just getting online. They're watching this training through safe sports. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then they sign off for it. There's a test afterward. The coach has to take this test and they have to pass it. Otherwise, they can't be certified as coaches and that's every year. So how can a coach protect themselves And what should a parent look for when their child is participating in a sport? I interviewed several kinds of coaches and talked to them about the issue because, you know, like everything else, a large majority of coaches are there for the right reason. And they're there for a sport they love and to share that sport that they loved. But of course, like everything else, there's the 10% rule, which means 10% of an organization, that's going to be your bad people. Okay, so I reached out to these people and I interviewed them and here's some of the things that I was told. A fencing coach told me that there are certain safety measures that a fencing coach can take. For example, when a child or a young fencer needs help with zipping up a jacket or trying on a uniform or putting safety gear on, this coach asked the parent or whoever came with the student to assist that student. The coach doesn't do the zippers or help with the safety equipment. They ask that parent to help that student. The coach never physically touches his students. And I spoke with a cheerleading coach. And they told me that it is impossible not to accidentally touch a student's quote, private parts, such as the buttocks when assisting them or to save them from a fall. It happens. A student is doing a pyramid, for example, or a flip and the coach is assisting them and sometimes they accidentally touch them in the quote wrong place. When this occurs, the coach immediately reports it to that students or parents or guardians and takes the student with them and apologizes and says exactly what happened. So there's never a question. Now, I also spoke to a tumbling coach, and he told me that he was helping a young female athlete, and that athlete began flirting with him, oh, you're so cute, Ooh, look at your muscles, oh, do you have a girlfriend, right away, he removed himself from coaching that tumbler, and reported it right away to her parents, with her in tow, and his supervisors and removed himself from being her coach. Nipped it in the bud right away. Didn't say, you don't need to be talking like that, and then kept on going. Took himself out of that position immediately. I was also told that it's not a good idea for a coach to be alone with any athlete. That there should always be another adult present or at least another athlete. For example, walking into the locker room to tell an athlete something or something Or walking into an office and closing the door to talk to an athlete never a good idea just don't even keep the chance of something going wrong or something looking bad there also a coach should never use profanity around athletes under an adult age hey you're in college you're an adult you're in high school you're not an adult And never, never, never sexual words or references around young people. So how do we teach our children safety without fear? I actually have taught this class for over 25 years and I can tell you the basics. The bare bones of the whole thing is communication, leaving communication open. And that doesn't mean texting. And that doesn't mean PMing or telling somebody on Facebook. It means communication. And this is very difficult because right now we have a generation that thinks communication means texting them, even if they're standing right next to the person. Okay. So you put down the electronics. We teach our children to prepare and recognize without being fearful of the world. That is number one. All right. There is a way to do that. And I'll talk about what we don't do in a moment. We teach what a good touch is versus a bad touch. You know, kids aren't stupid. They will tell you. So ask open-ended questions. What is a good touch? What is a bad touch? And let the kid tell you. Okay, now you move forward. Who should you tell if someone touches you there? Okay. What would you think would be a good touch a hug all right okay well what if it's somebody you don't know giving you a hug and we'll get to stranger danger in a moment too. promise the child that if they have to tell you a secret or need to tell you a secret you will never be angry at them and that goes for the truth also if they need to tell you a secret You will never be angry at them and you will never be angry at them for telling you the truth and please important, keep your word. Even if that secret is really, really awful, you keep your word and reiterate this often. You know, you can always tell me the truth and I won't be angry. Well, what if it's bad about me? Okay, and here's where we go. I'm not angry at you. I'm angry at the situation. Remember that when our parents gave it to us too. Okay, I'm not angry at you. I'm angry at blah. All right. You're a parent. You'll get it. All right. You can tell me a secret and I won't be mad. Okay, and here we go. What is a good secret? What is a bad secret? And again, a kid can tell you they're not stupid. All right. A good secret. (gasps) What are you going to get for your birthday? What is Santa going to bring you this Christmas? Now that's a good secret because it makes you feel good inside. What's a bad secret? And let them tell you. Why is that a bad secret? Because it makes you feel bad inside. And run with it, go with it, see what they have to say. All right. Don't put words or thoughts in their head. Let them tell you because out in the world without you, that's how they're going to have to operate. Now, I'll let you decide because you know your child and you know, you know, some kids that are 10 are, are it's like talking to a 20 year old and some 20 year olds is like talking to a 10 year old. So I'm going to let you decide how you're going to discuss people who harm children. All right, and I've done this with, with, you know, my nieces who were nine, 10, you know, there are people out there who hurt kids. Most people are really good people, but there are people out there who do hurt people, and that's not a good thing. And that's all you gotta, you know, that's what you gotta work with. All right, important, listen to your kids, set aside everything us time make it a rule have you ever gone out to a restaurant and you're sitting there and you look over and there's this whole table load of a family everybody's got their own phone nobody's talking to each other because they're on their phone that pisses me off to no end all right us time make it a rule no phones when we have family dinners at my house phones are not allowed bottom line if we go out for family time Phones are not allowed. Bottom line. Turn them off. Put them in your purse or your jacket or wherever. All right. No social media. A bond between adult and child, parent, guardian, whoever, and the child is the best weapon against this type of crime. Say it with me. A bond is the best weapon against this type of crime. Now, let's go next. Explain the word threaten. Discuss it. Ask the child. What does it mean when somebody says threaten? What is a threat? Give me an example of someone threatening you. And let them talk it out. Okay? Just like discussing a bad secret versus a good secret. Because that perpetrator's weapon is secrecy. You better not tell or I'll kill your parents. You better not tell or everybody will know you're a whore. You better not tell because I'll take these pictures and put them out everywhere. You better not tell or you're not going to get money anymore. Because nobody will love you. Because then everybody will think you're a slut. Because then I won't love you anymore. All right. Secrecy is their weapon. You take that away and that son of a bitch has had. If anyone threatens to hurt mom or dad or your family, you know, you can tell me and I will never get mad at you. And that goes along with the word threaten. If anyone threatens to hurt any of us, you need to tell me and I won't get mad at you. And again, that goes with, I'll never get mad at you. For telling the truth to me. All right, let's take his uh, mom, I broke the vase. Okay, what did you, How did you do that? I was playing ball in the house. But you told us not to do that. Okay, but you know what, that kid still told the truth. That's yours to deal with now. <laughs> All right, let's talk about what not to do. And I'm going to try to be cool because these things piss me off when the parents do it. Stranger danger is ridiculous. Because what is a stranger to a child? The teacher? A coach? The next door neighbor? The kid that mows the lawn? The little boy down the street? The babysitter? These are not strangers to a kid. And only 8 to 10% of child abductions are conducted by a stranger. But those are the ones I hear about on the news. Well, of course, because they make the news. The news is not going to tell us about the ex-husband who got pissed off, so they stole the kid. Or the ex-husband's parents who got upset that you won custody, so they came in and took the kid and ran. That's never going to make the news, but those are the most uh, abducted kid stories. But you sure are going to hear about the spooky guy that hung around the house and then stole the kid when the mother's back was turned. All right, so stranger danger, just get rid of that, all right? Because there there are very few strangers to a child. You know, we want to think about this creepy guy lurking in the park with candy in his pocket. Hey, want a candy? Want a balloon? Uh-uh. All right, so just don't even let that pass your lips, that stranger danger bullshit, all right? Please don't ever tell your child, oh, my God, you need to stay next to me. Don't walk away. Somebody could steal you. All right. That teaches fear of the world. And a child should not fear the world. Wary, yes. Fearful, no. I won't go into the psychology of what that does to a child. But I can tell you that they don't need to be afraid of the world because if they do get separated for, from you and they do need help, they're going to fear the world. And that's worst case scenario because if there is a perpetrator out there and they see that poor little kid is afraid of the world, they're going to go after it. All right, like a pit bull on a pork chop. So don't do that. Somebody could steal you. And that reminds me, don't threaten a kid with a cop. I've seen this too many times and I, and I saw it done a friends of mine and, and me. If you don't behave, I'm going to tell that policeman to arrest you. That is such bullshit, and it pisses me off. Teach kids that cops are friends. They keep you safe. Because if something happens and that kid needs help, they're going to be afraid of the cops, and they're going to run the opposite direction. Picture this. Your child is lost, doesn't know where to go, sees a cop, and instead of thinking, oh, the policeman will help me find my mom, they're going to run the opposite direction to God knows where. So please cut that out about, you know, I'm going to tell that cop to arrest you. Cops hate that. And don't say around or to the kid, I'll kill anybody that hurt my family because these people that prey on children will use love. What the kid thinks is love. If you tell, then they'll carry me away and we can't be friends anymore. So they build this protective shell. Where children think they have a bond. And if a parent says things like, I'll kill anyone that hurts my family, well, the kid's gonna interpret that as, oh my God, they're gonna kill my friend or the only person that loves me or someone who's given me gifts. So they're gonna clam up even more so. And finally, finally, most important, and I keep saying most important, but you know what? It's all on that most important list. Don't ever think. This will never happen to me. Everyone that has ever lost a child or had a child preyed upon said, This will never happen to me. Everyone that's had a murder in their family said, It will never happen to me. Three out of five little girls in a classroom and two out of five little boys in a classroom have been sexually assaulted. And what I'm giving you are the tools to try to prevent that. I cannot give you tools that will keep you safe for the rest of your life. But I can give you the tools to help. This has been Advance of the Fencing Coach, keeping children on guard. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you do subscribe. My podcasts are released Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And you can reach me at www truecrimebook.net and please be safe out there hey listeners my name is Judith Yates true crime author and criminologist and I have taught common sense self-defense for over 25 years I have finally put all of these classes together in a book that's called how to recognize the devil because I believe devils walk among us every day And we can recognize these devils at Escape Crime if we know how. We can teach it to our children, to our elderly, and special interest groups. The book is available at www.besttruecrime.com or you can pick it up at Amazon.com or wherever good true crime books are sold. Now, I don't make any money off of this book because I believe it's more important for you to learn how to use these skills. All the proceeds from this book goes to a nonprofit organization. Pick up a copy of How to Recognize the Devil. It does include worksheets for you to better use the skills taught in this book. And please be safe out there. Thank you for listening to Best True Crime Podcast. We are a division of Best True Crime Books, Games, and Video, LLC. Every episode is a journey where I take you to explore crime, forensics, and historical cases. Join me next episode as I inform, educate, and entertain true crime enthusiasts through criminal justice and dark history tours. My name is Judith A. Yates. I am an award-winning author, a criminologist, and paranormal explorer. I hope you subscribe, and please stop by my website and check out my books and the games created by my team at www.truecrimebook.net.